0: Welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman. Full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. Okay, sound check, sound check. <laughs> this is all I do. I'm I'm wa- yes, I'm nervous because you're watching. The thing is, actually, by not having my spectacles on, and so that I don't look like an idiot with the ring lights, I can't actually read anything that you're saying. So that's cool. Um right. So we what we're doing we're already recording. Let's have another sip. What happens with every podcast because I don't plan them. If you listen to my podcast, you know I don't plan them is that um I I just I speak. I don't plan these things. I mean, I know what I'm going to talk about sometimes and I know the topic, but it actually plan the words that are going to come out my mouth, which is why in last week's episode, I exclaimed that I had been wet for 12 hours. <laughs> my husband just gave me a look. Um, Hello, Louise. Um, meaning, because I, would, I was coordinating a wedding that was during the heat wave in September and it was so hot that I was sweating constantly. So I, I was indeed wet for 12 hours, which is saying something because I'm a mother. Um, so I haven't been wet for a while. Um, I wanted to talk about vaginal dryness then, but I thought that's probably too soon. I'm going to have to put my glasses on, even though you can see the the ring light, but I can't actually read what you're saying. So welcome to the I'll Marry You podcast, (laughs) live edition. Um, I thought that I would come on Instagram Live and record this podcast live for you, which is going to be coming out on all streaming platforms, next week, Tuesday, the podcast comes out every Tuesday. I picked that day completely randomly just so I could say "see you next Tuesday" at the end of each episode. Um, and I thought I would record a live for various reasons. One, because I was having my hair done today by Cassie, and I was like, "Don't want, to don't want that shit to go to waste." You know, when you have your hair done, you want to. This is my notes. You have your hair done, you want to go out in the town, don't you? But like I say, I'm a mother. So I don't like to go out in the town in the week, really, if ever. Um, so I thought I'd make the most of having my hair done. And also, um, I've got a lot of new followers, <laughs> which makes me sound like such a twat. But I do. I have a lot of new followers um, on Instagram. So I thought that it would be quite a good opportunity to introduce myself and talk about what it is that I do. Someone just joined called Baldy Babe, which I'm, I'm enjoying. It's Baldy Babe One, like there's numerous Baldy Babes out there. Um, and also, if I'm being brutally honest, I wanted to uh, capitalize on planning season. So, traditionally, January through to March is the busiest time for wedding suppliers, wedding vendors for bookings, because Christmas is the most popular time to get engaged. And if you got engaged at any point before, september october you probably went oh do you know what we're gonna wait um hi baldy babes (laughs) we're gonna wait till till the new year we'll plan in the new year do you know what let's just enjoy the engagement we'll plan in the new year it's a classic everyone does it so i thought i'd capitalize on that and i would come and do a live with you uh to say hi to my new followers um remind the old followers out there who i am what i'm what i do um and also get the bookings in so that I can continue to do what I love and and make money. Because today I went to Zara and spent £50 on my child and I need to be able to afford the lifestyle really to which she's become accustomed. Although I showed her what I bought, she wasn't very impressed. <laughs> it was very cool, it was very edgy. You know, just like a mother. So we have to, even though I'm going live, and I what I want you to do if you're watching, if you're tuning in at any point, I want you to send me any questions you have. And I want you to say hello, um, baby chino. Baby chino funds are a must. Do you know baby chino has gone up in cost? Frankly, it's the. Don't get me started on the cost of living. Did you know that mini eggs have gone from ninety nine p to one pound fifty? It's an absolute outrage. If anything illustrates the cost of living crisis, <laughs> I think you'll find it's that. Um, So even though we are live on Instagram and I do want you to say hi and ask questions and get involved. Billy, yay, I'm going to see you next week. Um, We are, I have to be sensible. And we are recording for next week's episode of the I'll Marry You podcast, which I've been doing for over a year now. And I love doing. I have a little hiatus during the summer because I'm too busy, you know, doing actual work. Um, But in the winter months, I can afford the time to talk about the work that I do in the summer Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna record this like I'm recording it normally for the podcast having said that like I say I do just ramble and the poor my poor producer and the team just take my ramblings and somehow turn it into something that people want to listen to which is strange (laughs) strange so let's have a swig cheers me and my best friend have a phrase it's not it's not like a, a new thing we go sip She's not listening. She's asleep. She's heavily pregnant. She can't keep her eyes open for five bloody minutes. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of, another one of my best friends, my, one of my oldest friends, I think, I think is giving birth literally as we speak, which is freaking me out. I know. I just looked over at my husband. Shoo. Really? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, my husband, sip. Thank you, Tony. Uh, my husband is here, but I've relegated him to the dining room table where he is, um, I was going to say nearing completion. (laughs) He's nearing completion. He is nearing completion of a Lego car. My husband in his mid-30s, for his birthday in December, I bought him a Lego vehicle. Very expensive for adults, I hasten to add. um, And he is, so I said to him, this is your chance, this is your opportunity. We're not watching telly. I'm going to do my podcast and do my live and you can Sit on your own at the dining room table and do your Lego. And I asked him to put earphones in because I'm nervous because he's listening to me, but he's refused because he's just, you know, he just can't get enough of the sound of my voice. Um <laughs> did you hear him snigger? Because he did. So I'm still rambling. I'm so sorry, Drew. I'm so sorry, that's my producer. Just tell him I've hidden one piece. Oh no. Josie says she's hidden a piece. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Right. Should we start properly? Should we get down to business? Let's get down. Let's get down to business. I'm not drunk, but like because I haven't drunk in three days, it's really, uh, it's really touching the sides, you know. Um, I made notes, <laughs> which I never do. Um, I went to the hairdressers today and I made notes in this tiny little notebook. As I was driving to the hairdressers, I was thinking about who I would oh Chris what don't oh god me Chris do you know what I was literally just about to talk about music and now my dear friend Chris who's in the band I refer to them as the band they're a band called Tux Fizz they are actually the best wedding band in the UK they won that award at the National Wedding Industry Awards last year they're up for it again this year um so I'm just going to pretend Chris that you're not listening I was thinking about music and I was thinking about, I was listening to the radio and I was thinking, who would I have as the ultimate wedding singer? Obviously Tom Jones. Obviously. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine Tom Jones? I think Tom Jones' Sex Bomb is incredibly underrated as a pop song. I just think he's wonderful. And I know he, how old is he? Like, I think he's in his 80s, but I, he's listening, but I still would. Cliff Richard, behave. I don't want Cliff Richard anywhere near my children, my wedding. Don't want him anywhere near my wedding. No, I've made a list. Tom Jones. And then, see if you can tell what um, radio station I it. listening to. Um, Ray would be up there now. My daughter would be proud of me for being cool. Now, I... Ray... She was on the voice as an extra. Oh actually, no, Jesse, you're too cool for me. I don't know, I don't know Ray. you say Ray to me and I think Ray Charles. That's how old school I am. No, Tom Jones. Um could you imagine at your wedding reception having Tom Jones singing Delilah? Like that would be too much. My sister just joined. Now everyone, she's very hungover. Send her some love. Um a Leo Sayer. Leo Nah, 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 nah. That was my audition for Tux Fizz. Uh Gary Barlow, Gary Barlow. The whole of Take That. Paul Potts, don't be absurd. No, I can't have Paul Potts as my wedding singer. He'd eat the entire buffet. Obviously, the most obvious after um, Tom Jones would be Michael Bublé. Michael and I <laughs> go way back. I have been to see Michael Bublé live. Three times, three times, three times. And he is absolutely sensational. And I used to really, really have a thing for him. And not, I'm not talking about when I was like 12, when I was like 25. I had his calendar up on my wall at university and I'm really telling, this is what I do. See, so when people inquire with me, I'm like, if you want to know a little bit about me, go onto my Instagram. And if you want to know a lot about me, listen to my podcast because I tell, I I talk about everything on my podcast. Jedwood is not coming to my wedding, Chris. You need to behave yourself. Um, And and if if I'm being totally honest, when I was in my 20s, I actually went on to Vistaprint and I paid for a T-shirt to be made that said, Mrs. Bublé, Michael, you understand. Please don't hate me. But I loved him so much and he's so brilliant live. So that, anyway, those were my thoughts as I went to the hairdressers and I went to the hairdressers. I went to Zara, I spent a fortune on my child. I went to the hairdressers where they're all like Cassie, all absolutely beautiful and glamorous and they've all got perfect hair. Like I do now, but I did not have perfect hair this morning. Um, And I was trying to be all cool and stuff. Anyway, I was making them laugh. So now I have false confidence. Don't I? So I'm doing my live and I've got my false confidence. Um, So that was my morning. So, Anywho, what I want to talk let's have another sip. Let's have another sip. Sip? Darius. As a wedding singer. Darius from wasn't even X Fact, was it? Was, was it Pop Stars? No, that's absurd. Was he with Will Young? Now Will Young would be good. I love Will Young. Yeah. Will Young's like someone you can take home to your mother, isn't it? Um so I want to talk to you today about like, Chris, you're going to have to come offline because you're just, you think he he's dead. Darius is dead. This has really taken a turn. <laughs> this has really taken a turn. I'm focusing and you're distracting me, is what you're doing. So, I know Adele would be an incredible wedding singer. But the thing about wedding singers, and I can say this now that I know that Chris, one of the lead singers and founding members of the UK's best wedding band, Tux Fizz, is listening, Is that what you want from a wedding singer is for them to entertain the crowd and to add, but also to not just detract attention from the bride and or groom, you know. So it's like they're there and they're performing, but also they're not so attractive or so entertaining that people are, their focus has shifted. Um, So Adele would take attention away from me, really, let's be honest, whereas I think Tom Jones would... Come second place. We're, we're going to stay on point. So <laughs> I would like to talk to you about who I am and what I do. Now, normally when I record my podcast, if you listen to it, you know that there's... You might have to have Boo Blade too. then. Yeah, that's true. If you listen to it, you know that um, there's like a little jingle that plays in between segments of conversation. And normally when I record... So that my producer knows when I think that jingle should be, I go na 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 um, na. But he's told me to clap five times. So um, let's. This is I'm incredibly professional. So now I would like to talk to you about who I am and what I do. That's good. So he'll put the jingle in there. <laughs> let's start with what I think is the boring bit. Um, who am I? <laughs> I don't even know myself. I'm I'm lost. I'm at a I'm at a turning point. So my name's Olivia Coleman. Uh, that is my married name. Uh, my maiden name is Sergeant. Now that's an interesting topic. It's not one I'll go into now. Um, but weirdly, I did not want to give up my maiden name when we got married, and I'm super traditional, and so I always knew that I would take. Uh, my husband's name, but I was, I felt really funny about it. I was like, I don't want to um, lose that identity. I think my actual words were, um, I love your maiden name too much. I know I do too. I think my actual words were people know me, you know, people know me as a sergeant and uh, I've been a sergeant for 30 years and I don't want to be anything else, but I took his name because I'm traditional. And, you know, I, want, I want, wanted him to love me. And I think, really, for a man to love you, you have to lose at least 75% of your own identity. So I took his name. So now I'm Olivia Coleman. And in all honesty, it could be worse. I could be Britney Spears. Um, so that's me, Olivia Coleman, 30-something, married to James, love of my life, Lego master. He's just put his hand up. Um, we have been together 16 years. We have been married for six. We have a little girl called Lola, uh, who is three and a half, nearly four. She's four in March. She was born four days before lockdown. So before I was pregnant, I was working at a wedding venue. And hello, gorgeous girl. And I worked there for five or six years. And I did everything from the first inquiry through all the admin, all the bookings, all the visits, all the tours, answered all the questions, all the emails, all the phone calls. And then on the day, I would hand them over to the event manager. So most wedding venues have event managers and that's who runs the day, Um, sort of the equivalent of a catering manager. And I would hand them over to the event manager because what I learned in my time working at the venue is that brides brides are cray-cray. And... (laughs) They get Cray Cray by Chris Sleepwell. Uh, they get Cray Cray right at the last minute. I've learned since that they actually get Cray Cray about four to six weeks before. But back then I used to think that, okay, you're really a nice, normal person. Um, and now you've gone batshit Cray. So I would hand them over and I would always be around during the wedding day because I just loved it so much. Um, but that's sort of where the job ended. So I did everything up into the day itself and then I handed them over um so that's my experience in weddings sort of everything except I mean did I cook anything at any point I don't think I did I styled I planned I coordinated I um no venues inside and out and but I don't think I cooked anything we once had a no I'm going off piste uh we <laughs> so that's my experience with weddings before I worked in weddings, I worked in retail, which I loved, love retail, um, just to be honest, because it's customer facing. And I worked in um, a fabulous Swedish homewares shop in Bath, which is where we live, uh, called Sol- Solcombe Trading Company, which is amazing. It's still online. And I worked there for a few years and I loved it. And then before that, I had various jobs, but predominantly in uh, homewares and interiors. And um, and I always on the side did freelance writing and before I went into all of that I went to university in Bath and I studied performing arts uh, which was amazing it was three years of dicking about really wearing leggings crying a lot (laughs) and we used to do sort of we because it was performing arts rather than just acting we did all sorts so we did um dance we did theatre we did tv we did sword fighting for fuck's sake that's another thing I swear on my podcast apologies if there are children around um but we did everything so we did singing we did we did the whole lot and it was brilliant I absolutely loved it but my teacher said to us at the time um if you want to make it you have to move to London and you have to go to audition after audition and be prepared to fail and work at a bar and live in squalor. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't want to live in squalor and I'm incredibly fragile. So I thought I can't handle that kind of level of rejection, Chris. So um, I chose not to move to London after university and pursue acting. Uh, instead, I went into retail and then weddings and all the rest of it. And, The lockdown happened, i just had Lola, so I was already on maternity leave, and I kind of had decided that I wasn't going to go back to that venue for various reasons, and I had my baby, and we were in lockdown, which was, it feels like it was years ago, doesn't it, but also like it was yesterday, it was ridiculous, and um, a very, very dear friend of mine, Kim, who... Uh, I used to work with at the wedding venue. She uh, messaged me because she knew I was looking for something else to do. I had this notion that when I had a baby, I would be a stay-at-home (laughs) mum. Like, oh, like we could afford it. Oh, fun. Um, And actually, I mean, I don't know if it was just, it would have happened without lockdown, because obviously with lockdown, you didn't see anyone and you didn't go anywhere or talk to anyone or do anything. But I realised pretty quick into motherhood, That I had to work. Not hard, obviously. (laughs) But I had to work. Um, So Kim rang me one day and she was like, I've just, I've come up with this idea. I think you should become a celebrant. I didn't. Did you just break wind? Did you seriously just break wind? You did, didn't you? Yeah. I heard it. It reverberated. It reverberated on the chair. You're repugnant. I'm in the middle of a live. And you just farted on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pausing there. Drew, Drew, pause. Back in action. I think I heard that in Australia. We've got a viewer from Australia that heard you body burp. Oh, I hit the microphone. Right, Drew, we're back in action. So she rang me and said, I think you should be a celebrant. And I was like, I'm not entirely sure what that is. Um. I've got to go. Queen Claudia Winkleman and her eyeliner's waiting for me. Let's sip in real life soon. Like night Jesse. Send so my love to Claudia. By the way, Claudia Winkleman is like my dream person. If I could be anyone or do anything, it would be Claudia Winkleman. By the by. So Kim rang me, said be a celebrant. And I was like, I don't really... I. So that was, what, fo- four years ago? Four or five years ago. Four years ago. And... um. Even four years ago, having worked at a wedding venue for five years, five, six years. I probably saw two or three celebrant ceremonies in all that time, like thousands. I've I've seen over a thousand weddings in my career. And before I became a celebrant, I was only aware of 2% of those ceremonies being celebrant led. So I, I wasn't really sure actually, to be honest, what it was or what it meant or what it involved or whether or not I could do it. <clears throat> so I looked into it and I found a an online course, the Academy of Modern Celebrancy, which is brilliant. And I thought, do you know what? It cost X amount. Um, I'm in lockdown. <laughs> I've got a newborn. I've not got much on, have I? I've not got much on. So I'll do it. And if it doesn't go anywhere, if it doesn't lead to anything, this is actually really weird, like thinking back to how I was thinking about it back then. But if it doesn't go anywhere or lead to anything, then I've lost a bit of money, but it was something to do in lockdown, which was a really weird time for everyone. So I signed up to the online course and I realised someone said to me, straight away I, I did my research and I knew that what it was wasn't legal. So technically you didn't need a qualification of sorts but i thought that that was worth it um and i looked at the course and i thought well and i'm going to sound like a real arrogant wanker now but i thought do i need it because i i've got a degree in performing arts so public speaking performing not a problem i've been writing freelance for various people doing various things for years and years and years and i've worked in the wedding industry so I kind of, I kind of know it all, um, but I thought I'll do it anyway because it's. I think it's worth doing, and I think that there's no, apart from maybe a financial loss if if it didn't pan out. There's no real loss in me, like furthering my education and studying. Oh, noodles joined. Hello, darling. Um, so I did the course, and it, I suppose if you do it online, it takes a few months. But I within. About six weeks, I had a message from my darling, darling, handsome Josh Tully. Josh Tully Management. He's a wedding coordinator, wedding planner. He's incredible. Years of experience in the business. He used to be head of weddings and events at Babington House. Um, He's wonderful. And he messaged me and he was like, I've got some friends who are looking for a celebrant. And I I've heard through the grapevine that you're now a celebrant. Can you do their wedding? So all your Sally over here, not even a third of the way through her training, was like, Yeah, of course I can. Yeah, of course I can. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Totally ready, totally fine. I can do it with my eyes, shut darling. Um so I did my first ever ceremony before I'd even qualified, if that's a thing. Um, and it was at the Roman baths. And it was a morning ceremony because if you get married at the Roman baths, it has to be at 7.30 or 8 in the morning or 7.30 or 8 at night because of the tourists, they can't close during the day because they just make too much money. Um, And I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. I was so excited, but I was terrified. So I did it and it went well. And everyone was like, oh, that was amazing. That was so different. That was so unique. And I realised pretty soon that actually what i was embarking on was had the potential to be something pretty cool and something pretty amazing um and also i realized after that very first ceremony that i fucking loved it loved it i always when we when i was at university and when i've done acting and stuff in the past i always used to like doing theatre because i was playing someone else but i never like i used to do stand up comedy And I never liked doing that because it was too scary because it was myself. And this was kind of a mix between the two because I was writing my own ceremony. They were my own words, but I could almost convince myself that I was like playing a part. And the buzz I got from doing my first ceremony was akin to the buzz I would get when I was on stage. And it was just, it was a drug. Like it was totally and addictive. And I just, that was it then. I was hooked. So I finished my training. Um and so that was I sort of I suppose I officially officially became a celebrant January 2021. So 3 years ago. It's really blown up. <laughs> and so, so I've been celebranting ever since. Celebranting, celebranting, celebranting. I've done over 100 ceremonies in 3 years. Um I have loved every single one of them. I am completely obsessed with my job. It's the most incredible vocation that you can possibly imagine. So herein begs the question, what is a celebrant? What is... I'm getting my notes out now. What is a celebrant? So ordinarily, when you get engaged... And when you're planning your wedding, getting married, kind of a key feature. People, I would say 90% of people, even now, definitely more before COVID, because that changed the landscape of weddings hugely, changed the landscape of everything. That made me sound really intelligent, didn't it? Talking about landscapes and things. Um, I would say 90% of people, when they get engaged, think they have to get married by either... Uh, a member of the clergy a vicar, a priest a rabbi, a religious ceremony or a civil ceremony with a registrar um, and a member of the council, someone who's licensed both of which have the ability to legally marry two people the third option is a celebrant, the only option (laughs) is Olivia Coleman. The the differences between the three is enormous. And I don't think a lot of people realise that celebrancy is even a thing. I because if you if the world knew about it, it would be the only option. I've never known anyone to find out what a celebrant is and then go, oh do you know what it's not for me. It's not for me, Carol. No I think I want Karen to marry me in a in a navy three piece yeah do yeah do it's so above and beyond any other option now this is the point where I tell you that I got married in a church there's only one Olivia Coleman you're right Tony Murray I got married in a church the reason being is that it, it was a church that had a lot of meaning to myself and my family It was on the grounds of my granny's estate and estate that makes, that makes me sound like a twat that I apologize in advance. Um, But it's where she used to do the church flowers and it's where I used to go. And I used to be there with her and it's where my grandparents are buried morbid and it meant a lot to myself and my family. So it was always a given that we would always get married in that church. And unfortunately you cannot have a celebrant marry you in a, in a house of God. Um, so it was never an option for me to get married uh, any, anywhere else. But generally speaking, unfortunately, I think um, the church is falling out of favour with weddings. And a lot more people I discovered, even when I worked at the wedding venue, is that a lot of millennials. I think I'm using that word right. A lot of millennials, they they like the idea of a church wedding because it has the tradition and a certain sense of formality, but they don't actually, they're not actually religious and they don't actually want that religious element to their ceremony because it's hypocritical, right? To start spouting about God um, on your wedding day when you don't actually believe in the old bugger. So a lot of people go straight to the idea of a civil ceremony. The difference between a religious wedding ceremony and a civil ceremony is huge, Obviously, the main difference is religion in a civil ceremony sorry in a religious ceremony and I, I speak about Church of England here I would also like to point out that what I talk about is really my own opinion and experience and i I'm not very intelligent so don't take what I say for boredom but in a religious ceremony of course they're going to talk about God he's their guy um, and they're going to bring religion into the into the idea into the idea of marriage and the to, to idea of your relationship and everything else you can have modern songs you don't have to have religious readings but there will be a huge underlying element of Christianity in a Church of England or Protestant or Catholic um, ceremony it's the nature of the beast right with a civil ceremony you cannot have any religion None. You cannot have any connotation, any implication of religion. So you can't have any... Sweet Lord, you can't have a reading from the Bible. They'd shoot you in the eye with an arrow. You can't have anything that is in any way connected to religion. Years ago, you weren't even allowed to play Robbie Williams' Angels because they... because. They thought that was about religion. They thought that was about angels. I had a wedding this Christmas. I've spoken about this before on my podcast, but I had, I had a wedding this Christmas and they booked me last minute. And the reason they booked me last minute is because they had a registrar booked. And when you have a registrar booked with the civil ceremony, you have, to, you have to ask their permission for everything that you want included in that ceremony. And they had made a note that they wanted to walk down the aisle to the Stormzy song, blinded by your grace and the registrar said no because it's about god so they said thank you no thank you karen we will have that song we will not we will not have you so they went to their wedding planner and they were like shit we just fired the registrar (laughs) what are we gonna do we have to get married she was like you need a celebrant that's that's fine you just need a celebrant so you cannot that is such a pivotal point is that with a civil ceremony you cannot have any not just Christianity any faith any faith at all you can't have any religion and you can't have any faith so straight away to choose between civil ceremony or a religious ceremony you have to choose one or the other now let's be realistic it's 2024 people all sorts are getting married these days (laughs) all sorts of people all sorts of genders, all sorts of cultures and beliefs and faiths and religions and upbringings and backgrounds and everyone's different, okay? It's a rich tapestry out there. And to say that for you to get married, like on one of the most important days of your life, that you have to choose one or the other. I'm religious. I'm not religious. The end. Is... is. Bizarre to me because that's just not the way life is anymore. That's just not how it works. So, what do you do then? What do you do then? You choose Olivia Coleman, Olivia Coleman celebrant. So, you choose a celebrant. You see that I go into that. A celebrant is the third option, and it is by far the best option for your wedding. And I'm not just talking about me, although obviously (laughs) top notch. Any celebrant, there are, I'm friends with a lot of them and they are all amazing people. It's a bit like certain vocations, I think, um, require a certain type of person to do that job. And a celebrant is, you're not going to find a boring, quiet, disinterested person becoming a celebrant you're just not because why would they they'd work in well I don't want to say because some of you might work in that <laughs> and therefore you're dull um so a celebrant is defined by the term of an officiant I suppose is another word for it a celebrant is someone who writes and creates ceremonies for special occasions such as weddings funerals or naming ceremonies which are non-religious christenings but we're we're here to talk about weddings so a celebrant is someone who writes and creates your wedding ceremony the main differences between a celebrant and a civil ceremony the civil ceremony is legal the celebrant-led ceremony at the moment in the UK is not legal it's legal in other places. When you watch movies, like when you watch Friends, and um, Joey went online and got ordained, and then he could marry Monica and Chandler, that's like legit. Like that, you can do that in America. You can do all sorts in America. It's very strange over there. But you like that's a thing. That's fu- you can do that in England n- n- doesn't exist. So when you see that on the movies, that's just that's fake. That's just for for show. What I do is not legal. (laughs) So that's the sort of main technical difference, I suppose, between a religious slash civil ceremony and a celebrant-led ceremony is that a celebrant-led ceremony is not a legally binding ceremony. So to be legally wed, you would need to... Go to a registry office and do a really, you can do a really simple ceremony. It doesn't have to cost the earth. It can cost between, depending on your district, between 50 and 100 pounds. You have to give notice to marry and then at your local registry office. And then you would just book an appointment at a registry office and you would go. It could literally be like a Monday morning and sign the documents and you're done. You're legally married. When you do that, you have to have two witnesses, but that's it. You have to say certain vows, but you don't have to add to them. You don't have to exchange rings and you don't have to kiss. So you can save that for the celebrant-led ceremony. The other difference is that because what I do is not legal, it means that I don't have to do it in a licensed venue. So before COVID, wedding venues would have to be licensed and those licenses would not be to the venue as a whole. They would be to a particular space, to a particular room. They had to be inside a building or underneath or inside a permanent structure. So I've done weddings, I've seen weddings before where they'll be getting married outside, but they have to physically step underneath the pagoda or the the building of sorts to make it legal it's ridiculous but whatever and then COVID happened and there was this huge backlog and they changed the rules slightly so that if the venue has a license now you can get married outside or willy-nilly fine that's something but because what I do is not legally binding it means that you can get married any way you want so I have performed ceremonies at licensed venues i performed ceremonies at unlicensed venues. i performed them in back gardens and in pub gardens and in pubs and in hotels and in restaurants. And so the scope straight away of choosing your wedding venue is limitless because you don't need a license. So you can go anywhere you want. You could literally... Take all your friends and go to the local park and I can marry you there. Something that people say when I go to weddings is that I'm performing a blessing. Now, other celebrants might be okay with that turn of phrase, but I'm not. I'm not performing a blessing. I'm performing a wedding ceremony. I am marrying two people and it is legitimate and it is real. Thank you very much, Steve. Oh. You're right. He went wrong. He went wrong on his Lego. So it's um there's a lot of differences. Oh I've just have I disconnected. Hello. Hello? Oh there we go. The mic turned. Hang on. That's there we go. Technical difficulty. I did that on purpose so I could have a sip of my wine. So it means then that you can get married absolutely any way you want, which is incredible so many people choose venues that hold absolutely no meaning to them which I get if they're beautiful venues but if you if you could choose to get married in your back garden like a lot of people who want to get married at home then have to find a church but they're not religious well then you don't have to find a church you can get married at home you can get married in the garden you could get married stood by the swing that your father made for you when you were a little girl like how amazing and how personal would that be? So that straight away opens up so many options in terms of venue. In terms of content of a celebrant ceremony, there are no limits because it's not legal. There are no rules. There are no restrictions. There are, There is nothing apart from, you know, my moral compass saying you can't do that. I read an article earlier and someone said that the only thing they won't do is perform a ceremony naked. I wouldn't do that. (laughs) Unless it was a good, good deal of money. There is nothing that we can't include. So you can include religion. You can include a reading from the Bible, but you can also include a speech. Something I love is the idea that if someone wanted to do a speech at the wedding breakfast where you would do it traditionally, but they're getting a bit nervous or or they want to do it and get out of the way, they could do it during the ceremony. Like just a almost like an open mic scenario. Um, I've done it before where a couple of mine have had a tequila shot to secure their, their nuptials. You can literally there is no limits music wise. I've had it where people have sung Jerusalem. Of course they have and I've had it when people have sung a Beatles song a Beatles song a Beatles song um, the whole point of a celebrant ceremony is that it is totally personalized to that couple to those two individuals so it doesn't matter whether one of you is Christian and one of you is Buddhist whether one of you is from East London and one of you is from Vietnam Like we can combine those different religions and those different faiths and those different cultures and we can combine everything into one ceremony so that it is a true representation of who you are as individuals and as a couple. It is the easiest, the quickest and the best way to totally personalise your day people in life are constantly looking for like a new idea and the next best thing and something that no one's ever done before. That doesn't exist. I hate to tell you. Um, But with weddings in particular, with Pinterest and everything else, it's, it's really hard to come up with something new and fresh and exciting. And having a celebrant led ceremony is such an easy way for your day to feel totally personal to you because What a celebrant does that a registrar doesn't do is gets to know you on a personal level. So a celebrant gets to know you. When you have a vicar, they might get to know you. You might have to do those annoying courses. Um, With a civil ceremony and a registrar performing it, you don't get to know them. You don't know who's going to turn up. So they just turn up on the day. They interview you, literally interview you. They like go through the document, make sure that's your name. And they'll look you in the eye and be like, are you here under your own free will? Am I, Karen? Am I? Um, And then they will perform the ceremony and then they'll leave. It's incredibly impersonal, which is bizarre to me. The fact that people will spend hours and hours and hundreds of pounds... Finding the caterer and the florist and the photographer and the venue and making sure that all of that is really personal and indicative of who they are as a couple. And yet the person who marries them, the reason that they're there, they'll just accept any old Billy Bob, won't they? Billy Bob Thornton, to come along and marry them. That would be cool, though, if Billy Bob Thornton married you. Um, You don't know who you're going to get. And also with civil ceremonies, a registrar might have three or four ceremonies on that day. So as silly as it sounds, if you're running late, I, I, it's not uncommon at all for registrars to be like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. If she's not here in 10 minutes, I'm, I'm out. I'm not doing it. They have so many rules and regulations. If you ask any of your suppliers, if you are especially your photographer or your coordinator slash planner, they, I guarantee you that all other wedding suppliers would prefer a celebrant than a registrar because there's less rules, there's less time constraints, there's less limitations put on both the couple and the and the other suppliers. So any old Tom, Dick or Harry turn up and they marry you and they go, fine. With a celebrant, it's a deeply personal journey. <laughs> that sounds wanky but it is we get to know you and we have numerous rules are for fools she's had a drink uh (laughs) we have numerous zooms and numerous emails and i instagram message all of my brides and grooms and we dm and we whatsapp and we facetime and we we just get to know each other and we become friends like legitimately become friends i'm still friends with all of my ex exes with all of my ex-couples and I give a shit I care I find out about your childhood and your past relationships and how you met and how you fell in love and what drives them mad what drives you mad about them what drives them mad about you and I found out how you got engaged and what do they do that you love like what are those little weird quirks that they do that you think oh they love me like That that weird personal shit that people don't talk about, people don't ask about. And I find that out and I talk about it and I investigate it and I tell it in a way. It's storytelling. I take your story, which the way that, because I send out a questionnaire, the way people answer their questionnaires can be very different. And sometimes they're very elaborate answers and sometimes they're very one word answers. But I take your stories and I work it in a way that is cohesive and is personal and is romantic and silly and funny and wonderful and memorable. And I include all of your memories and all of your personal anecdotes and I tell all the people that are there on your wedding day, the people that love you, I tell them all about you and your love and why you're there and why you're getting married. And it's the most magical thing in the world. And it will be 110%. It will, it, a celebrant ceremony would be the best part of your day without a shadow of a doubt. It is such an incredible gift. <laughs> to be able to, but for you to be able to give your guests is like amazing. I love it. At the end of my ceremonies, because I always stick around for a free drink, don't I? And at the end of my ceremonies, when I'm in the drinks reception and people will come up and talk to me, they always say, oh, I assume you've known them for years. And sometimes I've known, I've not even met them in person before the day and I've known them for three months. But that's just how invasive I am. Um, and they always say, I didn't know that about them. Oh, isn't it interesting that they they holidayed there or he proposed that way or she proposed. I didn't know she proposed. Like I I like to teach the guests something about the couple because it sounds silly, but then they have something to talk about at the drinks reception. Any wedding, unless it's a very, very intimate wedding, not everyone knows everyone, and just having a conversation starter. Oh, that was a good ceremony. Oh, I didn't know that he went travelling in North America or whatever. Like that gives people something to talk about. And it's that personal touch that you just cannot undervalue. It is the most, the most incredible thing. Right, we're nearing the end because I've been chatting for 52 minutes and 27 seconds. Jesus Christ. My husband's nearly finished his Lego. There's not many of you still there. (laughs) But if any of you have any questions, now's the time. Because I'm losing interest in myself, to be quite honest. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why a question from TM Jenkin? Why be a celebrant over any other wedding based profession? And then I've had another one in quick succession. Um, I have done wedding planning and it is a lot of work. It is a lot of work and I loved it and it was an honor to do it. And I have the best team with me. But there are a lot of people out there who can do it better than I can. And it's just not worth the hassle off me. I'm too cheap. I can't spend other people's money. I can't. Um, So I don't think... I do coordinate and I love that. But I think full wedding planning is something that I'll leave to the professionals. Um, I would love to run a venue or do something venue based in the future so that's one part of the wedding industry that I would love to investigate um can't take photos just selfies I'm waiting for tux fizz to ask me to join their band and then I could do wedding entertainment but I certainly wouldn't be a magician being a wedding celebrant is the best part I literally Put my glam on, rock up, do my thing, stick around for an hour, have a free glass of fizz, listen to everyone tell me I'm fabulous, and then fuck off. It's wonderful. Um, Right, what's your favourite wedding ever apart from your own? My own was not my (laughs) favourite. Oh no, he looks upset. Don't be upset. No, it was my favourite personally, but not professionally. I went to a wedding once abroad a family wedding and it was a three-day, I was going to say affair, but that's not the right choice of words. It was a three-day wedding and it was so meticulously planned, like everything had been planned and thought out. It was exceptional. It was also incredibly generous, like everything was paid for, which is absurd. So that, George and Sophie's, that's one of my favourite ever weddings, professionally speaking. I have different weddings, like personally, like my families and my best friend's wedding they're always going to be my favourites because personally I'm invested in them as a celebrant I've had a few favourites which I'm not going to say because I might offend people if I don't mention their wedding but I've definitely had a few um one of my I will say one of my favourite venues which takes my breath away is the painted hall at the old Royal Naval College in London, in Greenwich. And it is just, it is breathtaking. Every time I go there, it's just amazing. Um, But there's loads of incredible venues that I've been to. Um, There's weddings that things have gone wrong, but it's amusing. Like there's there's so many, there's so many weddings that I've loved. Um, Good question. Thank you. So I think that's it, isn't it? Let's call it a day. What time is it? Nine thirty, Jesus! It's bedtime. It's positively bedtime. So I'm going to call it a day. I don't even know if this recording has worked. We'll just hand it over to Drew, my producer, and he and his team can just sort it out, can't they? Let's cancel recording, and then we can have just a final sip. Oh, I'll do something professional. Thank you so much for listening. Are you planning to take over the world? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to I'll Marry You, the UK Wedding podcast with me, Olivia Coleman. Tune in next week for more wedding goss. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones, and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee.